welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Palm Sunday of the Passion of the Lord. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. In today's liturgy, we begin with the gospel of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Then we pass to the first and second readings, followed by the account of Christ's passion according to Matthew. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage to the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village facing you, and immediately you will find an ass tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on an ass, on a colt, the foal of an ass. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the ass and the colt and put their garments on them and he sat thereon. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that though in our weakness we fail, we may be revived through the passion of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord has given me a disciple's tongue so that I may know how to reply to the wearied he provides me with speech. Each morning he wakes me to hear, to listen like a disciple. The Lord has opened my ear. For my part, I made no resistance. Neither did I turn away. I offered my back to those who struck me, my cheeks to those who tore at my beard. I did not cover my face against insult and spittle, The Lord comes to my help, so that I am untouched by the insults. So, too, I set my face like flint. I know I shall not be shamed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? All who see me deride me. They curl their lips, they toss their heads. He trusted in the Lord, let him save him. Let him release him, if this is his friend. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? 
Many dogs have surrounded me. A band of the wicked beset me. They tear holes in my hands and my feet. I can count every one of my bones. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? They divide my clothing among them. They cast lots for my robe. O Lord, do not leave me alone. My strength make haste to help me. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I will tell of your name to my brethren and praise you where they assembled. You who fear the Lord, give him praise. All sons of Jacob, give him glory. Revere him, Israel's sons. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. His state was divine, yet Christ Jesus did not cling to his equality with God, but emptied himself to assume the condition of a slave and became as men are. And being as all men are, he was humbler yet, even to accepting death, death on a cross. But God raised him high and gave him the name which is above all other names, so that all beings in the heavens, on earth and in the underworld, should bend the knee at the name of Jesus, and that every tongue should acclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Christ became obedient for us, even to death, dying on the cross. Therefore God raised him on high, and gave him a name above all other names. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. One of the twelve, the man called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you prepared to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him thirty silver pieces, And from that moment, he looked for an opportunity to betray him. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus to say, Where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go to so-and-so in the city and say to him, The master says, My time is near. It is at your house that I am keeping Passover with my disciples. The disciples did what Jesus told them, and prepared the Passover. When the evening came, he was at table with the twelve disciples, and while they were eating, he said, I tell you solemnly, one of you is about to betray me. They were greatly distressed, and started asking him in turn, Not I, Lord, surely. He answered, Someone who has dipped his hand into the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man is going to his fate, as the Scriptures say he will. But alas for that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Better for that man if he had never been born. Judas, who was to betray him, asked in his turn, Not I, Rabbi, surely. Jesus answered, They are your own words. Now as they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and when he had said the blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had returned thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink all of you from this, for this is my blood, the blood of the covenant 
which is to be poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. From now on, I tell you, I shall not drink wine until the day I drink the new wine with you in the kingdom of my Father. After psalms had been sung, they left for the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all lose faith in me this night, for the scripture says, I shall strike the shepherd and the flock will be scattered. But after my resurrection, I shall go before you to Galilee. At this, Peter said, Though all lose faith in you, I will never lose faith. Jesus answered him, I tell you solemnly, this very night, before the cock crows, you will have disowned me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the same. Then Jesus came with them to a small estate called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Stay here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him, and sadness came over him and great distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful to the point of death. Wait here and keep awake with me. And going on a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass me by. Nevertheless, let it be as you, not I, would have it. He came back to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you had not the strength to keep awake with me one hour? You should be awake and praying not to be put to the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again a second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot pass by without my drinking it, your will be done. And he came back again and found them sleeping. Their eyes were so heavy. Leaving them there, he went away again and prayed for the third time, repeating the same words. Then he came back to the disciples and said to them, You can sleep on now and take your rest. Now the hour has come when the Son of Man is to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us go. My betrayer is already close at hand. He was still speaking when Judas, one of the twelve, appeared, and with him a large number of men armed with swords and clubs, sent by the chief priests and elders of the people. Now the traitor had arranged a sign with them. He had said, The one I kiss, he is the man. Take him in charge. So he went straight up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, My friend, do what you are here for. Then they came forward, seized Jesus and took him in charge. At that, one of the followers of Jesus grasped his sword and drew it. He struck out at the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. Jesus then said, Put your sword back, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father, who would promptly send more than twelve legions of angels to my defence? But then, 
how would the scriptures be fulfilled that say this is the way it must be? It was at this time that Jesus said to the crowds, Am I a brigand, that you had to set out to capture me with swords and clubs? I sat teaching in the temple day after day, and you never laid hands on me. Now all this happened to fulfil the prophecies in Scripture. Then all the disciples deserted him and ran away. The men who had arrested Jesus led him off to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and elders were assembled. Peter followed him at a distance, and when he reached the high priest's palace, he went in and sat down with the attendants to see what the end would be. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus, however false, on which they might pass the death sentence. But they could not find any, though several lying witnesses came forward. Eventually, two stepped forward and made a statement. This man said, I have power to destroy the temple of God and in three days build it up. The high priest then stood up and said to him, Have you no answer to that? What is the evidence these men are bringing against you? But Jesus was silent. And the high priest said to him, I put you on oath by the living God to tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus answered, Your words are your own. Moreover, I tell you that from this time onward, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. At this the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has blasphemed. What need of witnesses have we now? There, you have just heard the blasphemy. What is your opinion? They answered, He deserves to die. Then they spat in his face and hit him with their fists. Others said as they struck him, Play the prophet Christ, who hit you then. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of them all, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. When he went out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. And again, with an oath, he denied it. I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, You are one of them for sure. Why, your accent gives you away. Then he started calling down curses on himself and swearing, I do not know the man. At that moment, the cock crew. And Peter remembered what Jesus had said, Before the cock crows, you will have disowned me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people met in council to bring about the death of Jesus. They had him bound and led him away to hand over to Pilate, the governor. When he found that Jesus had been condemned, Judas, his betrayer, was filled with remorse and took the thirty pieces of silver back to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned. 
I have betrayed innocent blood. They replied, What is that to us? That is your concern. And flinging down the silver pieces in the sanctuary, he made off and went and hanged himself. The chief priests picked up the silver pieces and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury. It is blood money. So they discussed the matter and bought the potter's field with it as a graveyard for foreigners. And this is why the field is called the field of blood today. The words of the prophet Jeremiah were then fulfilled, and they took the thirty silver pieces, the sum at which the precious one was priced by children of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, just as the Lord directed me. Jesus then was brought before the governor, and the governor put to him this question. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, It is you who say it. But when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he refused to answer at all. Pilate then said to him, Do you not hear how many charges they have brought against you? But to the governor's complete amazement, he offered no reply to any of the charges. At festival time, it was the governor's practice to release a prisoner for the people, anyone they chose. Now there was at this time a notorious prisoner whose name was Barabbas. So when the crowd gathered, Pilate said to them, Which do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For Pilate knew it was out of jealousy that they had handed him over. Now as he was seated in the chair of judgment, his wife sent him a message. Have nothing to do with that man. I have been upset all day by a dream I had about him. The chief priests and the elders, however, had persuaded the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas and the execution of Jesus. So when the governor spoke and asked them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What am I to do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. Pilate asked, Why? What harm has he done? But they shouted all the louder, Let him be crucified. Then Pilate saw that he was making no impression, that in fact a riot was imminent. So he took some water, washed his hands in front of the crowd and said, I am innocent of this man's blood. It is your concern. And the people, to a man, shouted back, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas for them. He ordered Jesus to be first scourged and then handed over to be crucified. The governor's soldiers took Jesus with them into the praetorium and collected the whole cohort around him. Then they stripped him and made him wear a scarlet cloak. And having twisted some thorns into a crown, they put this on his head and placed a reed in his right hand. To make fun of him, they knelt to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head with it. 
and when they had finished making fun of him, they took off the cloak and dressed him in his own clothes and led him away to crucify him. On their way out, they came across a man from Cyrene, Simon by name, and enlisted him to carry his cross. When they had reached a place called Golgotha, that is, the place of the skull, they gave him wine to drink. When they had finished crucifying him, they shared out his clothes by casting lots, and then sat down and stayed there, keeping guard over him. Above his head was placed the charge against him. It read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. At the same time, two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. The passers-by jeered at him. They shook their heads and said, So you would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days? Then save yourself. If you are God's son, come down from the cross. The chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him in the same way, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He put his trust in God. Now let God rescue him if he wants him. For he did say, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him taunted him in the same way. From the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, My God, my God, why have you deserted me? When some of those who stood there heard this, they said, The man is calling on Elijah. And one of them quickly ran to get a sponge, which he dipped in vinegar, and putting it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. The rest of them said, Wait, see if Elijah will come to save him. But Jesus, again crying out in a loud voice, yielded up his spirit. At that, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, the rocks were split, the tombs opened, and the bodies of many holy men rose from the dead. And these, after his resurrection, came out of the tombs, entered the holy city, and appeared to a number of people. Meanwhile, a centurion, together with the others guarding Jesus, had seen the earthquake and all that was taking place. And they were terrified and said, In truth, this was a son of God. And many women were there watching from a distance, the same women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and looked after him. Among them were Mary of Magdala, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. When it was evening, there came a rich man of Arimathea called Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. 
This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate thereupon ordered it to be handed over. So Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean shroud, and put it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a large stone across the entrance of the tomb and went away. Now Mary of Magdala and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the sepulchre. Next day, that is, when preparation day was over, the chief priests and the Pharisees went in a body to Pilate and said to him, Your Excellency, we recall that this impostor said, while he was still alive, After three days I shall rise again. Therefore, give the order to have the sepulchre kept secure until the third day, for fear his disciples come and steal him away and tell the people, He has risen from the dead. This last piece of fraud would be worse than what went before. Pilate said to them, You may have your guards. Go and make all as secure as you know how. So they went and made the sepulchre secure, putting seals on the stone and mounting a guard. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In preparing for today, I went over some of my previous homilies which I'd preached on Palm Sunday, and it occurred to me that I probably owe my parish an apology. Because it turns out that I seem to preach the same thing each year. Each year, I ask the question, well, how is it that the crowd can go from Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, to crucify him in the space of a few days? How can you go from acclamation to condemnation? How can you go from wanting to accept Jesus as your king, hailing him as the saviour, to holding him as a criminal and worthy of the ultimate punishment? And I suppose the reason why I keep preaching on it is because it's something that still kind of blows my mind. It's something that I find still quite unfathomable. But maybe the distance between Palm Sunday and Good Friday, in fact, isn't as great as it first appears. Now, certainly the sentiment of the crowd changes dramatically, but contained in the acclamation of the crowds is already a hint about the passion which lies ahead. You see, when the crowd chant, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Those words which are so familiar to us because we pray them during the holy, holy, holy at every Mass. But when the crowd chant, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, what they're doing is they're actually quoting Psalm 118. They're quoting a psalm which describes the entrance of the king into the royal city, Jerusalem. And this starts at verse 19. And so have a listen to this. And, and have a listen to this while imagining a royal procession coming into the kingly city of Jerusalem. It says, Open to me the gates of holiness. I will enter and give thanks. This is the Lord's own gate where the just may enter. I will thank you for you have answered, and you are my saviour. 
The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the work of the Lord, a marvel in our eyes. This day was made by the Lord. We rejoice and are glad. O Lord, grant us salvation. O Lord, grant success. Blessed in the name of the Lord is he who comes. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord God is our light. Go forward in procession with branches, even to the altar. You are my God, I thank you. My God, I praise you. Now it evokes an amazing image in your mind if you picture this kind of kingly procession coming into Jerusalem. And there are a few things that are quite familiar about the way that Jesus enters into Jerusalem. Firstly, we hear about this great acclamation. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The way that it was translated as we heard it, blessed in the name of the Lord is he who comes. But not only that, we also hear about this procession which goes forward with branches. And so what's the picture that's being painted to us about this great reception of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem? He's coming as king. He's coming in a royal procession, admittedly a very humble royal procession because he's riding on a donkey as opposed to being a powerful horse, a weapon of war. Jesus is coming as king. But what's particularly interesting is that we're told in the psalm, go forward in procession with branches, even to the altar. Now, of course, Jerusalem is the place of the holy temple, the place where the sacrifices to God were offered, and they were offered there by the priests. And so the picture that gets painted of us for us now is of a king who is at the same time also a priest, that having been received into the kingdom, that having been received into Jerusalem, he would go straight to the altar. This procession with branches would lead to the place of sacrifice and that there our king and our priest would offer sacrifice on behalf of the people because he is king, on behalf of the people because he's a priest. Now we see a rather intimate link now between the entry that Jesus has into Jerusalem and his passion. Because the psalm sees this as one great action. Coming into, the, coming into the city, the king would go straight to the altar. And that's what happens. Coming triumphantly into the city, Jesus, who is the king, Jesus the Nazarene, the king of the Jews, that he is also led straight to the altar, the altar of sacrifice. And it is there that Jesus, the high priest, offers the sacrifice to God on behalf of, offers a sacrifice to God on behalf of the people. And the sacrifice is himself. Go forward in procession with branches, we read, even to the altar. The branches which the people hold in acclamation, comes to be changed into the branches of the wood of the cross. And this procession leads all the way to the altar, the place of sacrifice, the place where Jesus, the high priest, offers 
a worthy sacrifice to the Father, and that sacrifice is himself. From Palm Sunday onwards, the trajectory is already indicated. Our King, our Priest, our sacrifice will be led with branches all the way to Calvary, to the altar. And there he will be revealed for who he truly is. Our king, crowned with thorns, with the title above his head, Jesus the Nazarene, King of the Jews. Our priest, the one who offers to God the true sacrifice. And also the victim, the one who is offered. So let us begin this procession today with the palm branches of our praise and adoration of Jesus, let us walk with him all the way to the altar as these branches turn into the wood of the cross. Let our lungs continue to be filled with adoration as we say Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be our King, our priest, and our sacrifice. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For, For the, the kingdom, kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you always shine on our path as a sign of salvation and of hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick who at the cross took part in Jesus' pain, keeping your faith firm. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need, and we are sure you will provide, so that, as in Cana of Galilee, we may return to joy and to feasting after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform to the will of the Father, and to do as we are told by Jesus, who has taken upon himself our sufferings and carried our sorrows, to lead us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen.
Under your protection we seek refuge, Holy Mother of God. Do not disdain the entreaties of we who are in trial, but deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father.